This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also, a special hello to our listeners this morning on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Thanks for joining us. This is Silver and Black today, as I mentioned. I am Scott Branson. My co-host is Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. Follow him at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten on Twitter. I am at LV Gully. We appreciate you guys being back here. Do us a favor, whether you're listening to us on the radio or you're listening to us on the podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, radio, we're on Sunday mornings before the game, but uh, we are on all week long, uh, including post-game show, including Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So make sure you go subscribe if you're listening to us there. We certainly would appreciate that. All right, we're going to jump into what we have to talk about today with the Raiders. First of all, Mo, I want to talk about the injury report. Anthony Averett has gone on IR. It looks like Nate Hobbs could be back this week. We're not certain yet about his designation. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro are eligible next week. 
Josh McDaniels was asked about this at the press conference yesterday on Wednesday, and he gave the typical, well, it looks good, we're can and it was a basically a non-answer. So the, the, the Raiders continue to miss, con, uh, continuing to miss contributing players, uh, but Averett struggled. We thought he was going to be a really big answer for this team. He's kind of struggled, uh, especially as of late, and maybe it's because of an injury. We don't know. But uh, that was a uh, a new one on the injury report. Other than that, some just bit you know limited practice. Uh, Colton Miller again, of course, Josh Jacobs. But this time of the year, you see a lot of that, so it's not overly concerning. But the Averett, uh, where you have a secondary already struggling, already low on manpower, not a good sign. Yeah, I whiffed on Averett. I thought he was actually going to be a difference maker in that secondary. Uh, along with being hurt, he just hasn't made a difference even while he was healthy. And I just mm. felt like this was his opportunity after a good year with the Ravens to really establish himself as a starter in this league. Hasn't happened. When you go on the IR for a second time, your season is over. So we're not going to see any more of Anthony Neighbor in a Raiders uniform. But uh, as you said, the Raiders are hurting in the secondary. You would like to have Nate Hobbs back, even though Mike Williams for the Chargers is not practicing either. Mm-hmm. Reaggravated his ankle. But Joshua Palmer has done well as a number two wide receiver. DeAndre Carter has popped up as a playmaker for the Chargers. So the Raiders are still going to need guys in the defensive backfield to stop that Chargers pass attack. And, and we heard uh, some reports, although Josh McDaniels would not confirm that the Raiders were withholding Josh Jacobs from practice and setting out a plan for him to practice or at least to work out and and, uh, get treatment on that calf that has bothered him uh, for two weeks now. And we thought he might not be active for the Seattle game. And then he runs for 300 yards or has 300 yards, I should say, overall. And uh, so so it's hard to know whether or not the the Raiders should be concerned about that. I can't imagine, unless it somehow got worse, that Josh Jacobs misses the game against the Chargers. It's a big game, obviously, AFC West. The Raiders win the game, and they are in sole possession of second place in the division, believe it or not, and would move to 5-7, and seven, just a couple games below 500. Um, this is one of those things where I think they're better off being cautious. Josh Jacobs is running the best of his career. He does not need practice. Uh, he needs to get healthy, needs to make sure – he conditions that calf so that he'll be ready to go at game time. And the kid's already shown. We had questions about him, obviously, coming into this season about durability. But so far, uh, with an injury this year in one game, he's come out. He's a gamer. He's been ready to go. Yeah, I wrote a piece on Sports Not talking about Josh Jacobs and just the Raiders' mismanagement of their running back room. Hate to be a negative Nate. Not so much a negative Nate, but it's just a, a caution to fans that if Josh Jacobs is not able to handle his normal workload and the Raiders falter because they can't take advantage of or exploit the weakness of the Chargers run defense. That's on Josh McDaniels because he didn't develop a number two ball carrier. As I wrote in a piece, Derek Carr is second on the team in in rush attempts right now at 17. Zamir White has 10 carries on the season. Now, as I said on Twitter to some, um, someone who's, uh, you know, discussing the Zamir White situation with me that we don't know what Zamir White has looked like at practice. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this in the sports notes, Pete, that usually when a running back doesn't get a lot of playing time as a rookie, two things have happened. Either he doesn't look good at practice or he's not good in pass protection because right. coaches are not going to let a guy on the field until he's able to pick up those pass blocking assignments because number one priority out there when you're not running the football is to protect the quarterback. And if you can't <laughs> do that, you're not going to get on the field. So, 
I'm not at practice. I just want to put that. I'm not at practice. I don't know what Zamir White looks like. Only the guys and, and coaches in the building know what Zamir White looks like. But that could be the reason why he's not getting snaps. But also a quick note, Scott, just want a quick mm-hmm. housekeeping note. Not to get Raiders fans too excited, but even if the Raiders win this game on Sunday, they'll still be in third. They'll still be a game behind the Chargers. Chargers are six oh. and five. Raiders are four and seven. So they'll pull closer to second place, but they won't be quite in second place yet. But they'll... It's basically, second place is still up for grabs. It's still within reach, and this it's game reach. Thank could you. go a, a long way for the Raiders pulling out of third and into second behind the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, Mo, thanks for uh, putting a spotlight on my lack of preparation. No, I just kid. I'm just kidding. No, I, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. No, I, you're back. You just got to keep me honest. I love it. This is be- it's better than me than than people on Twitter saying Scott, you said this and it was wrong. So thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but yes, and, and that's the thing too is. With that running back room, we talked about the running back room being a strength going into the season. We talked about Josh McDaniel's history in New England. Uh, I am surprised that they're not. Now, to your point, Zamir White might not look good in practice. That's why he's not getting the reps. But they have other guys, including Amir Abdullah, who has been big in the kickoff game, of course, and in the passing game. Uh, but I'm surprised that they aren't getting somebody else in the rotation. Especially, I would imagine they will this week. Because the Chargers are so historically bad against the run. I mean, it's not even funny. And so if if that's the case, why would you not get some of your young guys in there and spell uh, Josh Jacobs, especially if, if, he's, if he's at all struggling? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let us remember it took Josh McDaniels about a month just to get Josh Jacobs the football. Oh, that's uh, true. We've been... We have been screaming to get Josh Jacobs more carries, and he gave the excuse that, you know, you fall behind, you can't run the ball. And I understand that when you're behind 20 points. But when you're down by even two scores, you're down by 14, 10, you can still find ways to get the the run game incorporated in your game plan. And I think that was just an excuse because I say this, I'm saying this again, I think he just fell in love with the passing game. And once there were some hiccups there and then some injuries with Waller and Renfro, now you have to rely on the run game. You do. By the way, in the Raiders' four <laughs> victories, Josh Jacobs, and this is why I say they would not have a win without him, uh, over 150 yards in every game, 175 in the first win against the Broncos, 155 against the Texans, 160 versus the Broncos in the second game, the overtime game, and 303 yards against Seattle. So uh, the it's undeniable what Josh Jacobs has meant, and we're not going to get into the whole pay the guy now. We talked about that the last two days. And I think we're pretty clear on where we stand on that. And most people understand the economics of it. But one of the things we want to talk about with the injury situation, Mo, was something that we saw up on uh, RaidersBeat.com. And it was a Uh-oh. story about the uh, about JT the Brick, uh, my good friend and former colleague over at Raider Nation Radio on his show, talked about this. And I'm going to read the quote and, and, and it doesn't name a player. Okay. But, but we'll get to perhaps what it points at, which is uh, JT on the show said this, he said, quote, every team plays hard, but this team, there is something special about it because the, there are guys who are not playing for whatever reason, wink, wink, 
This is not me. He's saying wink, wink. And can't get on the field, wink, wink. And the rest of these guys are like, hey, if you can't get on the field, we're going to go win the game. We can't wait for you to get out of the tub. We can't wait for you to get your private masseuse to get you ready. We've got a game tonight. We've got to play. End of quote. So, Mo, I, I, for some reason, it, I don't think Hunter Rumfro is in the hot tub and has a private masseuse. Um, call me crazy. I worked with the guy for a year. He worked on this show for a year uh, every week. Got to know him a little bit. I don't think that's him. Uh, I don't think Brandon Parker is, has a private masseuse. I could be wrong. I don't know. After the Deshaun Watson thing, I don't know why anybody would have a private masseuse, by the way. Uh, so, so when you look at this situation, a lot of people are surmising that this could be Darren Waller. Now, Darren Waller's been on IR. He could not come back until this next week. So when you look at that and you start to think about what's happening in that Raider locker room, it seems like those guys have all gotten together. They've gotten closer. We've seen that in these two overtime wins. You saw it in the rally you mentioned over the last two shows around Derek Carr in the locker room and how excited this team was after that Denver win. Um, could this be that situation? I mean, we're purely speculating. Let me be clear about that. Nobody has said it's Darren Waller, uh, but but it, it seems to point that direction, Mo. Yeah, I think I, I would say it's clear, but he's probably the first name that comes to mind when you think about who JT DeBrick could be talking about. Uh, you got to remember that Darren Waller, he, he had an injury during the offseason, missed practices, mm -hmm. We on the show defended him for not attending we a preseason did. game that, that he wasn't going to play in. And I stand by that, that I don't think that was a big deal. But once you get into the regular season and you go through weeks of practice, mm -hmm. full practices, only to get up to the kickoff and don't play, I think other players as well as fans start to think, well, what's going on? You practice fine. You go through whole practices for a week and you don't play in the actual game. Then he goes on IR. Now, there was a sentiment from Rap Sheet, Ian Rapport from NFL Network, that he may have re-aggravated his hamstring injury. We don't know the nature of that. Mm -hmm. But I can I could probably guess that other players are wondering what's going on with Darren, Darren Waller, especially in fairness. I, this is, you know, go get the bag. If, go get your new contract if you can get it. But once you get paid, once you become the highest paid tight end or highest paid player at your position, people are going to look at you and say, we expect you to battle through injury and play in football games because that's mm -hmm. what we're paying you to do, partially. To produce yeah. and to be tough and fight through some things and help your team out. Yeah, and even though JT did not say Darren Waller, I want to be very clear about that because I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I read the right. quote. I want to be accurate with that. Uh, right. But if you remember two weeks ago, Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal wrote a piece that there was some growing frustration in the Raider organization with perhaps Darren Waller's recovery. So you start putting one and one together, okay? So, so two people very close to the team who cover the team every day who are there uh, have now mentioned this issue, not by name from JT, but certainly Vinny's piece did by name. And so you start to get concerned with that. You start to say to yourself, okay, you're about to come off of IR. Josh McDaniels in his press conference yesterday on Wednesday was, was noncommittal, uh, said they were on schedule. 
but he did not go into specifics and nobody pressed him on the Darren Waller situation. Uh, and I don't think they, they saw this report yet. So, so they probably didn't ask about that either, but it, it's interesting because the Darren Waller situation, and I know you have had a lot of online interactions as if I had conversations too on this show over the last couple of weeks about the, the green Bay Packers inquiring about Darren Waller. You mentioned it on, on Tuesday show. Um, and how he will have trade value no matter whether he comes back or not this season and how it probably would behoove the Raiders if they get good capital back for him that they do it because it just seems as though perhaps no matter how much potential he has, and this is where I argue with Raider Nation all the time, well, he's so good. Well, yeah, but if you're playing 50% of the games that you're being paid to play, how valuable are you no matter how good you are? Right. I had several interactions on Wednesday with Raider fans on Twitter. None of them bad. Um, shout out to World Dictator. Uh, he he presented a tweet about Darren Wallace's snap count, and I had a response to it. And maybe he took umbrage with that response. But I'm, <laughs> I'm here to say, like, I, you know, I'm not mad about any of this stuff. This is not no, like I'm no. not angry about any of these interactions. World Dictator, we usually have and we always have great conversations on Twitter about the Raiders. It's never anything with, you know, uh, tense issues going on. But we had it back and forth. And my thing with Darren Weller is, yes, when he first came onto the scene, when Gruden first plucked him off, the Baltimore Ravens practice squad, very reliable player. Didn't miss any time. He was a, he was a main target for a period. But over the last two years, and what have you done for me lately, League? He mm-hmm. just hasn't been available. And when you add on the fact that he got a new deal, it, it's it's not a good return rate. 57, a 57% attendance rate in any situation is not a good return rate. And and I'm not and I'm not blaming Darren Waller and saying, you know, some people are gonna go out and say he doesn't love football anymore. I don't want to go out there and say anything about the man's character because I don't know Darren Waller personally. All I know is that he's missed almost half the games. Right. And he's one of the highest paid players in the league. Point blank period, emotions aside, that's not a good return on your investment. Yeah, Mo, I mean, you you recently this past offseason got a nice promotion at Bleacher Report. Imagine if you missed 50% of your, your deadlines. I, I don't think Bleacher Report would be uh, saying, hey, Mo, we want you to come back. No, because you got you listen, you got to be there. And I know it's football, it's injury. We're comparing that to mm-hmm. writing. It's a little different. I get it. But at the same time, that's what you're getting paid to do. Uh, and it goes back to what we discussed about, hey, it probably was too early uh, to extend him when they had a two years left on the contract. But they are where they are with that. So we'll have to see what happens with Darren Waller. And I know fans love him because of his talent. And I get that. Uh, but if he's not on the field, he does absolutely no good for you. I'll say this, Scott, and it's not quite a bold prediction, but I'll say this. If Darren Waller doesn't come back to play in a game this season and he continues to have these injuries, let's say he goes into another offseason, because I said this on Twitter too, that over, in addition to the games that he's missed during a regular season, he hasn't been healthy during the last two offseasons. Right. He's missed several practices, and I think that also matters. If he goes into another offseason banged up and he's missing several practices, I would say the Raiders trade him before week one. If yeah. he doesn't get healthy before week one of 2023, I can see the Raiders moving him for a day two draft pick. Absolutely. No question. That, by the way. <laughs> we will <laughs> clip that and we will get it ready for folks so that we can go back to it uh, before we get to week one next year. Or excuse me, before the draft even. All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break here as we end our first segment on this edition of Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast also 
uh, on your Sunday morning on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We come back, we're going to talk more Raiders football. We're going to talk about uh, Josh Jacobs as well. We're going to talk about this team, where they're at, what it looks like heading into uh, the game on Sunday in Las Vegas, including the Los Angeles Chargers. You're with Scott. You're with Mo. This is Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. We are coming right back.